Welcome to our look at Exodus chapter 29, which means we are in week six, day four. We're looking today again at the priests. We looked yesterday at the priest's clothes and the fact that God wants to clothe us in a different way because of who we are in Christ. And that's part of living the life of freedom, is realizing he wants to clothe you in a different way and saying each day, God, do that through your spirit in my life. Grow that in my life. Today, we look at the consecration of the priest, the commitment of the priest. In this chapter, it's called the ordination of the priest. We look at ordinances a couple chapters ago. Now we get to look at ordination in these verses. It's an idea of being set apart, recognizing that they're holy. In verse 9, we see that the priesthood is there by a lasting ordinance. And so they were to ordain Aaron and his sons. And I want to walk through with you what they did in this, in this ordination. Sometimes we have ordination services today in churches where people are set aside in recognition of the fact that they're going to serve God in full-time ministry the rest of their lives. But this is a different kind of ordination service. Remember, all that's happening here is looking forward to what God's going to do in your life, in my life. The life of the priest foreshadows the life of the believer. So look at what was involved in this ordination. And then I want you to see in a moment how it's some very familiar things when it comes to my life and your life. What were they to do when they ordained, when they recognized, they consecrated the priests? First, they were to dress them. Verse 5 and 6, take the garments and dress Aaron with the tunic, the robe of the ephod, the ephod itself and the breastpiece. Fasten the ephod on him by its skillfully woven waistband. Put the turban on his head and attach the sacred diadem to the turban. That was part of this ordination. As Aaron would stand there, he'd be dressed in these clothes that we talked about yesterday. So first, dress him. Number two, anoint him. Verse seven, take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. So he was to be anointed as a sign of holiness of what God was doing in his life. First dress, then anoint. Number three, make offerings. And in this case, they offered a bowl and some rams and some bread. Verse 10 is the first of these offerings. Bring the bowl to the front of the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on its head. Slaughter it in the Lord's presence at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. Now, as they were making these offerings, there is something I want to point out here, very interesting that happened. In verses 19 and 20, take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on its head. Slaughter it, and take some of its blood, and put it on the lobes of the right ears of Aaron and his sons, and on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet. Then sprinkle blood against the altar on all sides. Now, that just pops out at you. You read the offering was made, the sacrifice was made, and then the blood, you were to take it and put it on the right earlobe, the right thumb, and the right big toe. There's just something that's awesome about that as we read through this. You see this great ordination service, and all of a sudden you've got earlobe and thumb and toe and a bit of blood being put on each. Why? Why does this happen? It was a sign of the fact that that sacrifice that was made involved all of Aaron's life, all of his son's life. To be a priest, to be consecrated as a priest, wasn't just a part of their lives. It wasn't just their head. It wasn't just their hands. It wasn't just their feet. It was head and hands and feet. It was all of their lives. All of their lives was being recognized in this moment as being cleansed, being consecrated before God. That's what it means to serve him. Now, it's interesting. When you get to Leviticus 14, this same exact ceremony, the right earlobe, the right thumb, the right toe, is where blood is placed 
as an offering for the cleansing of a leper. So whether priest or leper, whether the most honored spiritually in ancient Israel or the most dishonored, lepers were unclean. They lived outside of the city. Whatever strata of society you lived on, the sacrifices that were made, there was recognition that it covers all of who you are. There's a close connection they had to this offering that was made. And we're going to come to what that means in our lives in just a minute. They were to be dressed. They were to be anointed. There was an offering that was made in this ordination. And then finally, they ate. I love that part of it. Verses 32 and 33, at the entrance to the tent of meeting, Aaron and his sons are to eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket. They are to eat these offerings by which atonement was made for their ordination and consecration. But no one else may eat them because they are sacred. So only those for whom the offering was made could eat of this offering. Now, why did they do all this? When you understand why they did all this, it unlocks a key that opens a door that helps you and I to see the deep significance of this in our lives. Why did they do all this? Why a tabernacle? Why a priesthood? It was all a sign of the fact that God was dwelling with them. Verses 45 and 46, this ordination ends with God saying, then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. As I read through this chapter about the ordination of these priests, I have two great thoughts in my mind. Number one, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. No longer do we have a need for a temple or clothes or sacrifices or earlobes and thumbs and toes because you've made us holy by what you did through your spirit, putting your spirit into us. Not only do you dwell among us, but you dwell in us by your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. But there's a second thought that hits me as I read through this chapter. As I read through this chapter, I'm reminded of another ordination of sorts, another recognition of the fact that it's God who dwells amongst us. There are many similarities between this ordination and the promises that are shown to us in the book of Revelation. If you're familiar with the book of Revelation, you know that it ends with God saying, I will dwell with them. They shall be my people. I shall be their God. That's the end of the book of Revelation. That's what the entire book looks forward to. And if you look at the book of Revelation, there are the same things that happen in this ordination of these priests. We will dress, we will be anointed, we will offer, we will eat, we will dress. All through the book of Revelation, there are those who dress in white robes that are a sign of their purity. We will be pure because of what Jesus has done for us. We will be anointed. As oil was poured on their head, God's Spirit has been poured on our lives. So we're anointed by His Spirit. And you see that all through the book of Revelation. We will offer. We offer all through the book of Revelation. And what is offered? Our worship is offered. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb who is on the throne. Our worship is offered again and again and again in the book of Revelation. We will dress, we'll be anointed, we will offer, and we will eat. In the book of Revelation, it is the wedding supper of the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So even as a sacrifice, a ram was sacrificed here, and that blood was put on their ears and thumbs and toes in recognition that that covered all of their lives. 
Jesus, the Lamb of God, gave his life for us. And that blood covers not just ears, thumbs, and toes. It covers everything about your life, every sin in your life. It's covered by what Jesus did for you. And we're going to celebrate the wedding supper of the Lamb. And who's invited? Everyone who's accepted his offering. Just as with the priests sitting down, and only they could eat this offering because they were the ones who had accepted this offering. In the wedding supper of the Lamb, it's going to be everyone, the millions upon millions upon millions who have accepted the offering of Jesus Christ for us on the cross. What an ordination that's going to be. What a celebration that's going to be. I want you to be part of that celebration. If you're not sure, you're forgiven. If you're not sure, you're going to be there with him. It's not based on what you do. If it was based on what you do, you could never be sure until you got there. It's based on what he did, so you can be sure by accepting that gift. Let me just lead you in a brief prayer, accepting it now. Just say, Jesus Christ, I accept the gift of your offering for me. I want it to cover every sin in my life. I need your forgiveness. I accept the gift of your offering for me. And I look forward to celebrating with you in eternity. Between then and now, show me how to follow you. Show me how to live for you. And Jesus, for all of us, we pray that you'd help us to live in the holiness of what's going to happen someday, that we will be dressed in white robes. We will be anointed by your Spirit. We will offer our worship, and we will eat in this wedding supper of the Lamb. Help us to live in light of that reality, even today. Help us to fix our thoughts on heaven, even as we live the realities of earth not to lose out on what we can live today, but to have a new perspective on everything we face today. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about what it means to be anointed.